This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Universe's live coverage of SEMA 2016 is proudly brought to you by Forza Horizon 3 for the Xbox One and Windows PCs. Get yourself a copy of Forza Horizon 3 at xbox.com on Xbox Live or your favorite retailer. And take two, live from the SEMA floor in uh, 2016 in the MagaFlow booth. i got to thank these guys for being our gracious hosts and hosting our way too large podcast group right now. Uh, and uh, I got to thank uh, Forza for bringing us out here and, and taking care of that. And uh, go play Forza Horizons 2016. Buy it. Do whatever you want with it. Just give Microsoft the $60. I don't care how you do it. Just <laughs> send them a check, maybe a bag full of nickels. Either way, just send them $60 and say, I love Forza. Uh, and then I got to thank Fanatec as well for sending out the really nice wheel and pedal boxes that we have set up on the rigs here on the show floor. Um, they're nicer than what are in my cars and are probably nicer in all the cars other than our guest cars. Uh, we've got, I apologize, what's his name again? Uh, my name's Dan. Dan. Dan, Dan from Dining Cars. From Dining. And we have a newly minted E46 owner right next to you. That's so, me, uh, Zach Clavin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have John Klein and Jason Connor too because Hello. too many podcasters today. <laughs> That's what we do. That's uh, Anyway, so uh, what the hell are you guys showing off this year? Well, this year we brought our uh, new M2. Um, just that little thing? Just that little thing. It's, 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 it's our latest toy. Uh, it's got uh, big turbos, intercooler. Uh, it's an absolute uh, blast of drive. Okay, so when you say big turbos, big, how big? Big turbo. We're about 15, 20% bigger. Okay. Ooh. So we picked up about another 50 horsepower. So what does that top out now total on just shy of 500 by 460. Okay. Yeah. That seems like a nice usable number for that car without just turning it into a burnout, like rolling burnout useless machine. Absolutely. We had a lot of fun with the M235. This chassis here gives us a much better stance uh, and a lot more balance. It's a bit wider, isn't it? It is. Okay. Longer, too. I don't think so. Isn't it? I don't think so. It's... I remember someone saying that it was close to the M3s. Like. No. Well, they sure. were wrong, John. They could be. <laughs> we should discredit that I mean, person. I, I, mean, I, 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 I think the proportions yeah, of the body uh, make it look longer just because yeah. it's, it's, it's a different shape. It's and got it a different stance belly, stays. It, It's yeah. wider for sure. It's yeah. much better. Because I drove your M235i. We yeah. drove it for test drive on drive. That was a, that was a great car. Um, and I, I drove it in the I picked it up in the rain uh-huh. to drive up to Thunder Hill, and it was... I was glad that traction control existed, and it was very quick. But the, the thing that the problem with it was the, the steering rack, which you have nothing to do with. Yeah. And then, of course, the M2 fixes that. It, it does. And, and one of the, the shortcomings of the M235 is we couldn't put enough rubber underneath it. Mm-hmm. 
So the M2 fixed a lot of that. Did you did you widen the tires as well on the M2? We took yeah. Okay. We, we got more room to begin with because yep. of it, and we thank BMW for that. And then we is got that a bigger. square stance or what's the what's no. the tire setup on it? No, we still have about a 20 millimeter split. Okay. Well, that's that's not much of a difference, no. honestly. So it's enough to create a nice balance in the handling. Yeah. Did you adjust as many? things on the m2 as the 235 because your, your parts list on the 235 kit was pretty long and he, and it wasn't it wasn't overly expensive but it's like you guys do very comprehensive work of you know we change the bump stop we change the damp mm-hmm. like you change all the things and it all adds up you know the, the sum of its parts is very great we do the same thing with the m2 okay absolutely um a lot of the bump stop changes uh, are done for two reasons the bump stop is part of the whole uh, suspension and the spring rate so when we start messing around with the springs and the spring rates, the bump stop has to go with it. And anytime you lower the center, uh, the, the, the right height of the car, you need to get back your suspension travel. So well, it's important. A lot of a lot of shops or people don't know that, and they'll just put new springs on or put yeah. new coilovers on. Wait. And that's what I like about Dynan is that you, you really do like this kind of comprehensive approach to mm-hmm. cars, and that's why your cars always feel. Kind of consistent. Next, yeah. you're going to tell me that I'm not supposed to take a torch to the springs. Yeah. <laughs> Just burn the bushings out, man. Bushing press is 75 bucks. A torch is 12. <laughs> so stupid. But but you know what? When you do that, all the cancer is free. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just something I've noticed driving a lot of the dining cars or riding them. Is it's just like feels OEM, which I know is what you've been doing. Yeah, but it, absolutely. It really does matter. Oh, like I said to you when you sat down, I'm like that one M car was that one M that you guys built was. Yeah. One of my favorite cars I've ever driven. Yeah, period. That, that was, car was truly amazing. I think we've all. I think we all drove it. I yes. mean, it was, and it still had civility when you were driving just down the road. It still was civil. That's that was what, I think that's what you want, especially when you bought a BMW. It's to do everything. Kind but of then, thing. if you turned off traction control, <laughs> it wasn't so civil. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it, you could just light the rear end up, and it didn't ever get squirrely. Yeah. It was just like, oh no, I want to flick it this way around. I want to yep. hang the rear end out for no really good reason, and then you did it, and you felt like a hero because the car was just very well sorted. Yeah. Great balance. Absolutely. How uh, do you mess with the power delivery at all with the M2? Because you know, the, in stock form, the, pow- the, the torque is bam. 1500 rpm it just hits yeah. uh, for the most part our tune because of the way that we're going about doing our tune today we don't have a lot of the versatility that we once did but we still can move it around a little bit into into a more enjoyable area if you will okay so yeah it's it's still the m2 does a great job out of the box and we just take it to the next level after mm-hmm. that the, the the tuning challenges are getting more complicated because the ecus aren't they? absolutely yeah, the, the, the day when we were able to get into and, and crack the encryption on it, um, I mean, we spent a year and a half trying to do that with the current generation of cars, and we couldn't. So, we, How many guys do you have working on getting that encryption key? We had probably four or five, and then we had an absolutely brilliant software engineer that wrote software that we had a machine running 24-7 mm-hmm. working on the encryption. And we couldn't get it. <laughs> Gee, wow. That's, that's what it takes nowadays. That's yeah. insane. Well, encryption, I mean, once you get past 64-bit, once you get his 64-bit encryption, you're talking about millions of years of computer yeah. time to, to make that stuff happen. Brute forcing beyond 64-bit, yeah. waste of time. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how far do you think we are from uncrackable ECUs, if, if that will happen? The challenge today, especially for a company like Dynan, is there are companies out there that get into the ECUs, but they 
disfigure the ECUs, they solder and they modify it. Um, we are still real strongly about maintaining the relationship with BMW and maintaining the BMW warranty uh, and matching the BMW warranty. So the last thing we want to do is to take the factory Dynam, uh, sorry, the factory BMW DME, pack it open, modify it, and put it back into a car. We just can't imagine that the people at BMW would look too kindly on us at that point. Well, that, and to be honest, I mean, you guys are not some little hack shop where that level of work would, would not really be tolerated because you guys are expected to, 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 to deliver an OEM fit and finish. And to be honest, I mean, your stuff's not the cheapest out there, so right. it would be expected, you know, Absolutely. not just in you your, your reputation, but for the price you're paying for. Yeah. Bad soldering. You don't want to see bad exactly. wiring. You don't want to see that uh, when you're paying 40 grand for something. No, absolutely. You open your hood and there's like an AEM, you know, chipset, like 3M tape to the top of your BMW ECU. You're like, yeah, there you go. That's a fix. That's in a different hall. I mean, the race re- cars are race cars. Do whatever you want. But yeah, this is different. So you guys have full ECU access now. We have one? You have full ECU access on those Correct. things. Okay, so that's cool because I know at one point you guys were actually developing your own because you were real worried about not being able to get in. Right, well... To restate that, we have ECU access because we were doing our own ECU that, in essence, piggybacks on the BMW DME. So we're not accessing the BMW DME. We don't. Okay, so you're not treating it like a GM ECU where you're actually reprogramming it. This the current generation cars we don't do that. Okay, we couldn't because we couldn't break the uh, the encryption. Okay, so we had to go about it a different way. We take uh, the Dynan ECU, which piggybacks basically on top of the the factory DME, and we grab. Uh, so you're grabbing eight to twelve signals, mass airflow, IAT, boot fuel, pressure, boot, fuel, you know, knock fuel. sensors, all that Absolutely. stuff. Okay, and then you're yeah. modifying the signals we're and then mod- passing them back to the factory. Correct. Okay. We're, yeah, we're handing the DME modified signals and say, okay, here you go. Okay. So we we primarily we're trying to do all this so that we don't have the DME chase itself. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of our competitors out there have self-clearing uh, piggyback boxes that are continually clearing faults because they don't address the overall spectrum of sensors. and That's a hack. That's a real hack. It is. So what we do is we hand, we handle, uh, we hand the DME uh, a batch of signals that it can work with, and it can do so in, in a happy place and deliver the power that we need. So obviously BMW is well aware that you guys are doing this kind of work. Are they at least somewhat cooperative? Or you go like, we need to know a little bit about the, the spec on this part. Can you guys give us a little we've, bit? We've always been very forthright with BMW as far yeah. as the net that goes. Um, if they do reach out, when they do reach out to us, which is not a lot, but when they do, here you go. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you guys are very, very yeah. complimentary. I mean, you've got M. You've got the M mm-hmm. branch of BMW, but then you guys are the next step beyond that. So the only people that are really going to buy your stuff are like, True BMW, you know, fanboys. So it's it's no, it's 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 the enthusiasts, and that's what we do. Is that I mean, why it, piss those people off that are doing the marketing for you? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 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 many of the BMW car owners. It seems, from our perspective, that the higher percentage of the BMW car owners are automotive enthusiasts, mm-hmm. on some level. Uh, you know, you get a lot of guys, that, a lot of the people that purchase the Mercedes. And what they, you can. You can pigeonhole them into a group and, and try and that, to sell. That's coming up a little bit into the BMW type world. I mean, you look it's, at some of the stuff like um, some, of BMW, yeah, some yeah. of the stuff that Mercedes is doing today is, is kind of exciting for them. Um, They're the so, hooligan cars of the German I've cars. I've got show. one in the parking lot right now. Yeah. 
I've got a 2016 C63 mm -hmm. AMG S, nice. the coupe. And that, that Ooh, motor is Those a, are fun. Yeah, the yeah. motor's a monster. Oh, it's definitely underrated. Yeah. It feels way more than 500 uh -huh. horsepower. But they still, closer to six. they still can't get their transmissions right. <laughs> it's, it's better, but it's, it's, you're still... Yeah. It's true. Because I, I drove that car for drift school, and it was like, it's still not shifting as quick as I want it to. Right. Come on. Like, even, even the ZF8 speeds, it feels fast in that car. I don't yeah. know, I don't is it, it like, necessarily... Because, I mean, even the GM uh, the GM8 speed, it's really good on upshifts. But it just, when you're trying to go back down, you're like, come on, come on, come on, come well, on. Is that, it kind of the same thing for y'all, in y'all's opinion? Um, yeah, Mercedes, yeah, downshifting was slower. Yeah, and even you know, upshifting even upshift quick, is a little bit. Yeah, even the delayed. even on the full dual clutch, like in the uh, in the uh, what is it, the CLA forty five. Um, oh, that I did not like that. that, that but that that is no, just a regular dual clutch, and even on the upshifts on that, it's like a good half second delay. Well, that could be. You know what, what does that market want? Do they want the super rapid bam, bam, bam? Because it's like mm -hmm. it's like the entry level AMG thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, because that's the thing they can tune all that. So I don't know, but like the C C63 S, is, and if you get in the BMW with ZF8 speed, like that's a real quick automatic. That's a real nice transmission. So if you, if you guys think back to the early DCTs from the M3s, the first those two were, years, those were rough. They were terrible. they were all yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was all software. They fixed it all with software. Wow. Um, you know, the, 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 the end of the E9X M3 had an awesome shifting DCT, mm -hmm. which is the, the gearbox was the same as the early ones, but it was just one software update after the other. So a lot of the stuff that we hear, you know, in the GM cars or, or the Mercedes, or, I mean, the list is endless. Oh, the, today, GM, the, the GM transmissions for a long time, because I used to mess around with them, yeah. is you just up the line pressure, and <laughs> next thing you knew, it was snapping off shifts like a single clutch, you know, no. an automated single clutch. Can you guys actually reprogram older EC or older transmissions to we got shift it? Faster? We got into the DCTs on the E9 XM3s. Um, we did some of the late 90s stuff, and we didn't get involved with much in the uh, in the 2000s and later, other than the E9 XM3. So no, if someone brought like a, a DCT E60 M5 to quicken up the shifts, you guys couldn't do that? No. Uh, that's probably just a dealer-only software the, update. Yeah, the E60, I don't think the E60 ever did a DCT, they did an SMG. SMG. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, you're, 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 it's not great. No. no. So do you do anything so on the like the 335 series, M235, 335s, all that kind of good stuff? Do you do specific transmission control unit tuning? We do not. With, no, nothing with we that. Not. still standard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, when we were developing all the stuff for the older generation stuff, the E-chassis, 335s, and so on, um, there never was really a big need for that. I mean, they seem to be usable, workable. Okay. So we went after the power in those cars. Got it, got it. Um, and on the F chassis, we haven't really gotten involved with a lot of the gearbox stuff. They're pretty damn well sorted from the factory. They yeah, really yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, have you done any testing to figure out kind of what the upper limits are on the DCTs for, for the current iterations? We were relying a lot on uh, the, the stuff, that, the information that we get from BMW on that. Mm -hmm. um, the gearboxes are all rated. So we try to be careful with, I mean, because of our warranty, if, if we're doing an engine management system and we, and we grenade a gearbox, BMW is going to push back immediately and say, like, 
hey, this is all on you guys. So we need to be really careful with that. Yeah. So we get all the data from BMW, what the limitations of the gearbox are. You have a rough idea, basically, we starting use, out. We usually get to be about 15% from the limit. And we give it we give it some room, you know. Whereas they'd probably be thirty percent. Exactly, one hundred percent correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are what were some of the things you wanted to address on the M2 when you guys got it? Because I love that car, and I know a lot of most journalists praise it and whatnot. But there's always you you and other people in your kind of field you see things we don't. So what were the problems you wanted to address? One of the things I think we can look at it that we kind of held in our back pocket was. The hopes that we had for the M235, that we learned where the limitations were. And the, the thing that excited us the most is the M2 came to us where we wanted to take the M235 to. So what excited us the most was that where we were going to start from. Gotcha. Uh, so we, we knew where we wanted to take the 235 to. The M2 came to us that way, and we were just like, hey, it's Christmas morning, we can take this. So uh, the, the handling characteristics were awesome to start with. We knew we could take that someplace else. Uh, the power delivery was great. We knew we could take that somewhere else, too. So, and, yeah, so the, I mean, that, those are the two big areas that we really, really enjoyed for that car. So you just bought a new M2. You just put down, you know, 55, 60 grand to go and buy a brand one. one. You're probably, you know... Not real keen on on going and putting the most expensive stuff on it yet from you guys. What would you start with as your very first mod on that car? I would go with the tune yeah. to start with. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and what does the tune run approximately? Two grand. Okay. How much is uh, the lock? Uh, we had about sixty horsepower. All right. That's healthy. That's a that's a good so, reflash. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's pretty commensurate. I mean, anything that's turbo, you're going to be spending one to two grand to, to get that first power bump out of it. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, I mean, to get a good refined one. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of you know tweaks that you can get out there, and, and you can pick up 30 horsepower for whatever, 500 bucks. Well, we're beyond, unfortunately, we're beyond the days of being able to just change a wastegate spring that's and true. be able to do it real cheap. <laughs> that's true. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, engines have gotten better, but it was kind of nice back when we could just do that. One of the fun things for us at, at Dynan is that we were introducing a, a kind of a secondary lower uh, price point device, uh, which is a simple one. It doesn't have the, the all-inclusive warranty that, uh, that, that, our, that our premier brand has, but we find that there's a lot of entry-level BMW owners that are looking for a little bit of a bump, and they're not quite willing to pull the trigger on $2,000, you know. Right. I, I'm kind of stretching myself getting into this car, so, but boy, would I like to be part of the, you know, the, the they just movement. Bought a, they bought a 335, and they just want to try and get it after, like... 320, the four-cylinders. Yeah. You know, it's something that we didn't historically really jump into. Uh, but we've introduced the the Dynan the Dynatronic Sport, which is a basic module. It doesn't have the Dynan uh, factory matching warranty on it. It addresses one sensor, does it safely, and it gives you 25 horsepower, and it retails for 300 bucks. Oh, that's totally worth it. So, absolutely, yeah. 320. Like it's a it's a balanced little car. You just it definitely needs more power. Yep. Yeah. And then that little power bump probably brings you up to 328 level, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For 300 dollars. 
Yeah. No, did I hear right that you guys are also expanding the brands? So you're not just going to so, do absolutely. BMW. It's, yeah, we were talking a little earlier about the Mercedes ones, and it's one of those things where we looked at some of the entry level Mercedes. It's like, well, if we're doing it here, so we got a lot of the C230 in, and we've got something coming out for that. And, uh, we've played a little bit with uh, some of the Volkswagen models. I mean, it's, it's a turbo car, so I mean, you can, it doesn't take much to play with it and to pick up an extra 20, 30, 40 horsepower. Right. So, so we got the guys right now at home um, working on these little modules that you know throw an extra 20, 30 horsepower at a car. Uh, the exhaust guys taking all of their knowledge of how to build a proper exhaust and throwing some together for these little cars. So we're putting little power packages together. Uh, and I bet those are probably pretty big volume sellers at this point, right? We just, I mean, this we're on the cusp of it right now. We yeah. just started releasing them 30 days ago, 60 days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, if you need someone to test them, I have a Golf R. Uh, you know, you could send them over. I'll, I'll test we have, them out. We have a Golf R exhaust in our booth here that you ought to stop by and take a look at. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did some um, some work with uh, the Alpha 4C. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the 500 of Barth. What did you do on the Alpha 4C? Just because that's a really interesting... I mean, there are problems inherent with that car, but I, there are still things I love about that car. Totally. It, it, it's a car that's hard not to love. Um, well, it's it's it the poor has, man's Ferrari. It really yeah, is. It's, um, it, it's fun. Uh, it, and the same thing. We did, we did kind of an entry-level chip. It just bumped it up, you know, another 20, 30 horsepower. Yeah. Um, so that multi-air engine's got a little bit of headway in it. It's got a little bit of it. Yeah. And, and, and the reason we got into this thing is we were touching uh, touching a couple of different cars, and we had a couple of the Alpha guys that, hey, you guys can have my car if you guys want to play with it. So we had it, you know, a week and developed this thing, and we have it out in testing right now, and it's fun. You know, it's a 30 horsepower for 300 bucks. I mean, you, that's not bad. So exactly. So yeah, we, we've got stuff coming. Like I said, uh, the Audis. Uh, the, so you guys are really A4. expanding at this we're ex- point. We're expanding into, yeah. It's, it's one of the boys said that uh, the, the, the Dynam brand is all about enthusiasm and performance. It's always been kind of marketed down into the BMW end of it, but anybody that knows the brand knows the DNA, knows what it's about. So are you going to go after the halo of all German brands? Are you going to go start going after the Porsche stuff? or? We've got a Porsche in that we've been playing with, yeah. and we were developing a module on that one. Um, again, you know, it's it, like the M cars. Porsche doesn't leave a lot on the plate, mm-hmm. so it's a matter of us finding it, and it's a matter of us being able to deliver it safely. Um, and, and you know, like everything else that we do, with a, with a, with a certain amount of decorum and civility. You know? it's, so it's exciting times. I, I, you know, I mean, when we talked, sat down and talked to you guys last year, it was. None of this was on the table yet, so nope. it's, it's all very interesting developments here that branching out that much. I mean, I can only hope that that does really good things for you guys because that just means more bullshit for us to play with. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. It's, it, and a lot of the diet in the world BMW guys are kind of like, uh, you know, but I mean, we're all about cars, it's really, a business. when it comes down to it, you know? It's yeah. a business. It's not a religion. Yeah. Well, they're, they're worried that, you know, it's like the kid and then the parents have another kid. It's like, what about, what about me? Like, exactly. I'll still be here, you know? Exactly. We still love exactly. it. Yeah. Don't worry. We still love it. Still make your stuff. Your stuff. Is, it, is it becoming easier because so many OEMs are going to turbo engines, so there's just more Absolutely. similarity to the science? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, as far as getting into it and, and manipulating signals, it, if you want to do it on an entry level, where which, you know, the, it, it, it's a busy market. There's a lot of people that do it. Um, we can take 
our experience, our knowledge, and go in there and, and touch a couple of things and, and, and make it sing a little bit better. So we decided to do that. And because it's turbo, it's a lot easier to do rather than to go in there and manipulate, you know, a, a whole myriad of things. Right. Right. So he just bought an E46 M3. Just did the cooling system. Still one of the on. sexiest ones ever. Yeah. yeah. What would you do to this car? If it was yours. Well, first, you've you got to start with the, with software because it, we, we improve the throttle response, remove the top speed governor, which, not that you would need that. Yeah, that's have. a good point. <laughs> um, rev limit stays the same. Um, BMW back in the day, actually, we originally increased the rev limit. BMW came to us and said, we recommend that you bring it back down. <laughs> So we did. <laughs> what is that car redline at? 83, I think, really? 82.50. Jesus, yeah. I didn't know it was that high. Uh, the throttle response is interesting because it's got, you know, a sport button. Sure. And it, it is, I mean, to anyone that's driven a new Jaguar like you guys have, like, the sport mode is usually too touchy. Yeah. So if, if you're on a racetrack, it's exactly. fine. But if you, if I hit, you know, a bumpy road and my foot vibrates, mm-hmm. it, you know, the car can buck. Right. So yeah. so when you, with, with our tune, you get a softer sport, basically. So it improves the, the throttle response and doesn't take it up to sport level. That's a very good idea. Um, and one of the things that we've always, with with the E46, with the E9X, with the F chassis, uh, you, you get a lot of guys, a lot of enthusiasts get into the car, and they start pushing the sport, sport plus buttons, and, and they go like, all right, let's go do it. And that's not the best place to drive the car. Yeah. You know, if it's on the track, maybe, but on a road, you know, you need some compliance in the suspension. Totally. Right? You need some. I say you need it in a track car. Exactly. It, not everything has to be. Absolutely. Not everything has to be the Viagra of cars. Just yeah. rock hard all the time. I think that was the problem with the M4, and then when, it, when Steve was saying they softened it a bit because it was, it, right. it was like stock M4 I drove. I was like, this is way too stiff. It's trying too hard to act sporty. Yep. Yeah. Well, you end up just skipping over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Like I remember, I drove uh, an M4 uh, where we usually test our stuff from Universe, and it was just. It's a very bumpy road that we usually film on, and it's constantly. I'm getting traction control spinning at 80, right. at 90, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not near the throttle right now, yeah. and I'm getting wheel spin at a speed I should not be getting it at. Chattering over yeah. everything. Yeah. It's, 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 it was not uh, Nam Four stock and Force, not confidence inspiring anything. Yeah. I just didn't. It, it just didn't. I didn't get that love for the car mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of strange. What have been the uh, so on the M4? I mean, it's been a little controversial just because it seems like it's been a you know, the E90 series was a real kind of pinnacle of the M3 stuff. I mean, it was those cars, the engine was fantastic, yeah. that was maybe one of the finest motors BMWs ever made. I mean, the turbo stuff makes a lot of power, but that V8 made a great noise and was just so smooth yeah. and revved oh. so fast. That, you know, we came back to the M4 where it revs up a little slower, it's got a lower red line, it's you know, the car's, a little, the car's a little lazier, and, and quite frankly, its competition has come up real close to it mm-hmm. lately. And in some regards, I, I think the handling dynamics of some of the competitors have actually surpassed it. What are what are some of the biggest things that you're finding as a trend that you're addressing on the M4s as they are now? And, and what are your customers asking for, you know, first and foremost of those? Um... I guess the answer to the question really is is that the M4 is at the end of development for us. Okay. Um, the last thing we've got going for that thing is kind of a, a stage two big turbo kit that we're in the middle of doing. And I think we're pulling the trigger on that. What's that? Week, probably five, six hundred, somewhere in between there. 
the power? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, about 600. Okay. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as as far as the, the car itself, I mean, you know, the, the coilover suspension that we developed for that car really went on to address everything you guys are talking about, uh, and that created a much more balanced car, a much more drivable car. Um, it just turned seems like it turned into more of a GT car with this generation than it was, you know, with the ninety to ninety four. It is so big. It is yeah. real yeah, big. Absolutely too absolutely. big. Like I would rather buy a C sixty three S. And then it's cheaper too, but it's still like their their neighbors. The, the four was just gigantic. It was almost like a six. Yeah, I just still stick. Just get the M3. I, I, uh, I still yeah. go with that. It just looks so much. The proportions on it are so yeah. much better than the M4. Just go that's with that. You're happy. Black wheels. Yes, that's pretty nice. I agree with the, the looks of it. But I think yeah. even then, like it's such a big. It's it still is. big. It's how the same close, size. How close is the M2 to your car size? That's I, a good question. I haven't yeah. looked. It feels similar. They've got to be real it's, close. It's, mm-hmm. I like we the size the of the E46 M3. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about the M3, the M4. I mean, they keep getting bigger and bigger and fatter. And, and the M2, I think, is a great move back to the totally. proper size for what that car is. The M2 is, is the M3. It's, exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying anything new. I'm just yeah. reiterating what everyone's yeah. saying. It was very funny because uh, I was helping Miles Brandman in front of the podcast. Uh, he was filming the M2, and he owns an E36 M3. Uh-huh. So we went out there with it. The M2 is so much bigger than an E36 M3. Yeah. It's crazy the totally. differences between the two. It's, just, right. it's, it's nuts. I've got this. Uh, the wheelbase for the E46 M3 is 107.5 inches. Uh, wheelbase for the M2 is 106. Okay. Uh, length is 176 on the M2, and length on the E46 is 176. Okay, yeah, that's that's <laughs> close. close. That's Very what I call close. Yeah. So we brought it back. Yeah. yeah. Here's oh. another thing too: is is check on those numbers for height of the car. Oh yeah, overall the, height. I think the M2 is sure it's taller. taller yeah. M2 is yeah. 55. Well, I mean, they just had to bring it just for, like, hood lines and stuff. They had to bring it up for all the Euro stuff. Right, that and then the roof. Like, I, I got lucky I got a slick top, but I know yeah. that JF has most of the cars came with sunroofs. Absolutely. That's unusual. I got oh, so slick. lucky. Yeah. And I don't think the guy Perfect. knew that, you know, because M3 forms were like, slick top, rare color, add five grand. But uh, I'm really happy about that because then I have room to wear a helmet. Absolutely. And the sunroof, you don't. Well, an inch and a half. That's the difference in taller. M2 is an inch and a half taller? Yeah. Well, it's like I said to you last night. Your car was like it was specked out by a German because it has no cup holders. It has no sunroof. Yeah. It is just pure business. And then it's got like the electric seats. It's like I can't be bothered to move my own seats, which I like. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yeah. Very lucky. Interesting. It's good. That's awesome. That's an unusual car. It's an unusual find. Yeah. I got to hope now. Hopefully it doesn't break so I can keep it and I don't hate it. Because if it starts breaking, I'm just going to shoot it like Elvis style. But I redid the whole cooling system. So that should be fine. I did the whole damn thing. Yeah, good. And, uh... Well, the only thing that's really broken at this point is the radio. Radio's broke. Well, it needs new bushings in the back like they all do. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's 100,000 miles. It needs the R-tabs and it needs the uh, diff bushings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to do the chassis reinforcement thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, take a look at the rear diff mounts back there, too. Yeah, they said the rear diff... They said the rear diff bushings need to be replaced eventually, and uh, the subframe's not cracking good. at all. Good, But... When you pull the subframe down to do the, all those bushings, you might as well weld that stuff on. Yeah. So it's like, you know, okay, start saving my pennies. And, yeah, you know, right on. It's going to be piece by piece. Got to That'll be it. a big swipe. I mean, how you obviously you guys have seen a lot of those cars. 
like how frequent does that happen with the subframe crack? Is it like just it depends on a the guarantee life. or is no, it? No, it depends on the life that it's led. Okay. I mean, yeah. the fact that it's not tells me that that car has not, been, has not led a hard life. Uh, I mean, the guys that, that go out there and just abuse the car every weekend, the cars that are track cars, these are the cars that are going to see something like that. Yeah. I think that's why I need to do it, but whoever owned it Because you will be the guy that well, does I, that. I mean, I bought it to drive on the track and, have, yeah. you know, learn, get better at driving with. But the person I had before was, like, commuted, and Ohio was commuted. It was a commuter car. Yeah. And so Ohio feel, roads are smooth. You feel better about the purchase now. Totally. That's good. <laughs> Every time I, I, I got... I've gotten two PPIs and they're both pretty good. Like I kept, I keep reinforcing my decision. That's good. And then, but still driving out here, like if I hear a penny rattle, I'm like, what was that? Yeah. It's right. like, oh, it was a penny. It wasn't something else. There was that guy that had the, uh, he had some sort of quick YouTube series about why I should never drag race my E46 M3 because he would be snapping axle shafts on a stock car. Well, that like, and it's an E46 M3. You should never drag race that car. There's, there's, a true, a true there's no point. Yeah, but true statement, he's like snapping the axle. It cost me this to replace and everything. I'm just like, well, you're, it's, you're the wrong car. it's the wrong car for that. Yeah. Uh, it's not built for that. Just don't do it. It's true. If you want to drag race a German car, you buy a Porsche or an Audi. That's what you yeah. do. I just found that very comical, and this guy was, like, uh, very upset that his car broke. I'm like, well, no shit. Look what you're getting. Well, There's a, a video of a, a guy at, like, an 05 STI, his back super form days, and he had the video of him doing six clutch drops in a row, doing all-wheel drive burnouts. He's like, your car can do burnouts. On the seventh one, he snapped his axle, and he was like, these cars aren't made to hold up to a oh Like, God. you are the colossal moron. You must be 18. Get your vape pen out of your mouth. That was, was before there. vape existed. Well, how much? Same, same attitude. He started the company. So when it comes to warranty stuff like that, how much of that do you guys end up dealing with where it's just clearly just the owner was an idiot? I mean, it, <laughs> there, there's a fair amount of it, actually. Yeah. Um, and BMW, BMW has a deal with it on their side. Yeah. Um, and, and I know you have to be Pete. And careful absolutely. around this. But, I mean, it's a realistic question. I mean, it's aftermarket parts, and everybody's doing it to go, frankly, be idiots, because we do the same thing. We're all sure. guilty of it. But, you know, sometimes when you put a bunch of power into a car with an inexperienced driver. But, absolutely. And, and there's and there's posi- there's times that we have to take a position where, where we'll say, all right, we're going to take care of this, yeah. but these are the new rules, and if I see this car again, because of these changes yeah. here, I'm going to deny it. So you guys are pretty lenient overall. We we are to a certain degree, like yeah. BMW is. I mean, but bottom line is is that BMW will back you if you make a stupid decision. And I don't mean to speak for BMW, but right. from what I've seen in the field, BMW will say, you know what, we'll, we'll goodwill this one. Just don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, a Alpina B7 with our tune, uh, which is absolute blast but um, the car came to us because BMW denied warranty on the rear axle that the guy had snapped when when I got a hold of BMW North America they said well we've already replaced two axles on this car we're not replacing anymore so I got into it so it came into it fell into our lap so we said all right we're gonna goodwill this but those 22 inch wheels that you have on the car have got to go so they were t- they were 120 pound wheels on this car. Oh that's, Jesus! That's stupid. exactly. I mean, he was asking for this. Well, and he probably put like craptastic wheels on it too. They probably weren't even good. No, they wheels. were not. Yeah. So yeah, we. I mean, we get that to a certain degree, and, and 
because of the commitment we've made to the warranty, as long as it comes under the four-year, 50,000-mile BMW factory warranty, and we match it. BMW says, I'm sorry, we're not going to back that because on your F10 M5, you did your your launch on it ten times in a row, and now you snapped your You guys are in a particularly tricky place. There are not a lot of other companies that are because, you know, you get a lot of companies that will just sell you parts, and there is no real warranty beyond the part itself. You still have to warranty the entire vehicle, and there's there's not that many companies that are in those shoes. So right, it's, it's, absolutely right. That's, a, that's why I ask. It's, it's a very strange kind of situation where, but it sounds like you're also getting the information back from BMW. Where like, we've yeah, this of, guy's been irresponsible. We've got yeah, we, BMW can't be completely forthcoming with it, but we've got enough of a relationship where they could say, well, this is what we've seen, you know. Yeah. So and and they know that we're going to be there. To back it up, and, and if some things go sideways, you know, I mean, I, I built, I, I bought an engine on a on, a, on an N54, uh, you know, so th- if things happen, and we need to be there, and, and most of the time, as you guys know, you can look at it and say, like, I can kind of figure out what happened to this car, yeah, and you really shouldn't be doing that with this car. Forensic analysis yeah, after the fact is a big part of it. You're like, huh? Seems to be a lot of rubber in your fender wells. <laughs> What's your favorite BMW of all time? See if there can be one. Or like, you know, the, the car you liked working on the most or, or tweaking I, I the most. really like the, uh, the E9X M3 with a V8. You know, there's just something about the normally aspirated V8. Uh, that's just phenomenal. The M2 today, you know, that thing's pretty cool. Pretty rad. Uh, E46, probably from a purist standpoint, is probably the, the coolest car. Six throttle bodies, you know, I mean, everything about that car is just, it's a little bit fat, but it's not too bad all in all. Mm-hmm. A, little, a little heavy? A little heavy, yeah. A little heavy. Yeah, a little long too, I guess. But yeah. if, if they were going to be just given to you, it was the world's greatest Christmas present, you know, a brand new M2 or hypothetically a brand new 1M. 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 Just the more aggressive body or just because it's rarer? Or? The unusual aspect of it, naturally, but because of the size, because of the weight, and because of the capabilities of what that car was built mm-hmm. uh, to start with, it, you know, it's it's phenomenal. Oh, I mean, like I said, it's one uh, of my favorites. I haven't really spent... I, I, Reading in an M2. I've not driven the M2 yet. So the 1M is great if you don't care what the car looks like. Awesome. I actually like what that car looks like. But we differ in those opinions yeah. many Gumpert. times. Gumpert. Uh, yeah. It's Gumpert. Gumpert. Yes. I, I, I know. But I know. the audience doesn't know, and they need to know. I know. And America <laughs> needs to know. America does need to know. you think the Gumpert is good looking? Uh, I think I don't think it's necessarily good looking. What do you think? Corrugated metal behind it. Pretty nice, right? I know. <laughs> Pretty. I think it's, I look at it and I go, it's if a race it's gonna car. It's going to be Gumpert. It needs more slats. It's a race car. <laughs> so Not enough angles on this thing. Yes. But, eh, you know, subjective. So. Do, you, do you guys mess with steering? Ever? Like uh, like the 1M the 1M steering was really quick, but I think it was, it was, was it a progressive rack? Versus like the M2's electric, of course, so that's, that's different. Are you going to yeah, play I, with we, that? We, we don't play with it, um, and it's nothing that we've ever really felt the need to get into and that's you know historically that's one of the things when, when we would pick up a car and one of the first things that would happen is that Steve Dynan would spend an afternoon with it and he'd come back in and sit down with all the engineers and says okay guys this is where we start and we would have a shopping list a mile long um, we would prioritize it 
and then start to throw the stuff onto the car. Um, and a lot of the stuff that 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 we kind of I, I'm going to kind of read between the lines of what we were doing because we never addressed it is that we don't have the accessibility to the steering. So we're going to assume that that's a standard or a given, mm-hmm. and we'll just work everything else around it to bring the steering in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. One of the only things I don't like about my car is the steering is a progressive rack, and it's light in the middle, and, it, you know, it gets heavy. Mm-hmm. The only solution I've read is, like, switch to a Z3 rack, which is linear, mm-hmm. which is kind of the best steering feel for me. I think most people is, like, it's a linear rack. It's responsive yeah. but not twitchy. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. It's strangely kind of hard to find these days. Uh, well, like the one LE, had, or the, yeah, the one LE had really good steering. Yeah, uh, Boss Mustang had really good steering, and then I think Porsche and the M2 are both very good, even though they're electric. There's a lot of stuff with that progressive thing in it now. I don't know why people like it so much, but I, well, because I think depending on because they could tune it to wherever they, they could. Want. Tune, well, yeah, the electric you can tune for sure, and then the progressive, it's like. My mom wants steering to be easy all the time. So turning yeah. around, you want it to be easy in a parking lot. I want to drive a tractor all the time. That's what I want. <laughs> right. You know, like, like parking Matt's Mustang is, is hard because the steering is really tight when you're not moving. Well, it so also doesn't help that he put Tires like, and all that stuff. Yeah. What is it, 285s on all four corners? 305. 305s. Or, but, yeah. 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 305s on the front is a bit much from the guy that's probably going to do it on his car. <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot. I admit that. So, so one thing I remember with the uh, the S3R1M, it was a. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think that package was about nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah. I think it was something along okay. that line. So a full package with the M2 to similar spec. Is are you are you planning on doing something to that level, uh, so that we're making another version of that car, or is there just a different type of tuning package? Yeah, the whole package it? is going to be different, and, and I, I believe that uh, it's coming in at about. Eight to ten k. Oh, that's actually pretty. That's, so that's it, really reasonable. Absolutely. Oh, the two thirty five package was like nine, and the list was long, and it was a lot of really good. You know, it's good stuff. Oh, wow. it's, like, yeah. it's affordable. It's good. Absolutely. And I'm imagining it's probably a lot less you have to address on the M two versus the yep. yeah. Absolutely. So, and you guys put all the stuff on for that package. Yep. It's worth a lot of money. <laughs> you, you guys go there, show up, leave, come back, it's done. Yeah, there's, there's, that's great. Yeah, a lot of the stuff was done um, at our facility, uh, and we do have a lot of dealers that, that uh, and, and a lot of really aggressive BMW dealers that are that are signing on and, and, and doing these packages, uh, and they get they get technicians, they get shop foremen that are that are heavily involved and, and are really enthusiasts about the whole thing. And they get it, and they they, uh, they do a phenomenal job of putting the packages together. Well, I mean, from a from a dealership standpoint, it's a nice profit center because it's not like you have to retrain the guys. You know, right. they know how to put a damper on. It's yeah. no different for them, or they know how to put a manifold on for for a bigger Absolutely. turbo. They, it's all the same work to them. Yeah. It's just slightly different you know, parts. So, and I mean, as long as as long as we continue to do our job right and give them good, high quality products. They're on board. Yeah, sure. I think it'd be silly if you opened a BMW dealership and you weren't talking to somebody like yourself. I, I agree. It's a nice profit center that's just like, yeah, I just bought an M3. Yes, I would like an extra 200 horsepower. Yes, please. <laughs> Not that you should probably have it, but yes, I would like right. it. Right. You know. Um, cool. Uh, any more E46 questions? Because that's that's the that's the big one. 
you've got that be project fun. going That's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Be, I just keep telling He'll have It'll be fun. Yeah. I'll, have, you, I'll have an endless amount of questions. I'm sure you've been doing tons of research. What can you get for power out of that with, like, a... a I mean, it, the thing with that is you can, you can get, you know, 50 NA horsepower out of it additional, but it takes all the parts. Like, you need the you need an intake, you need the manifold, you need the exhaust, the fullback, headers, uh, tune... And then cams is like the next big leap, but that's mm-hmm. like the cams for Turner alone. I think are like twenty eight hundred bucks. So with with Moto IQ, they have a good they have a good project going, and they've kind of done all the breathing mods in the tune, and they've mm-hmm. gotten three hundred wheel out of it. Okay. But the the amount of money to me for me the amount of money I'd have to spend to get that three hundred wheel, I don't care. Like I'd rather get the seat like all the bushings done short shifter and maybe the steering thing and then just spend the money on track time because it's yeah. several thousand dollars for you know not for, much I mean it's, it's like 50 you know 40 horsepower is good but I don't care enough about that especially because the stuff we've driven it's not gonna it's still not gonna feel that fast no. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just curious just because it's, yeah, yeah I know you know it's just, it's just by today's standards a smallish engine right you know it's I'm I'm impressed that it's responsive for an NA engine, but it does take like all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the cost benefit ratio is just completely skewed for that right. level of car. Like the turbo totally. cars now, is just it's so yeah, easy yeah. to get that kind of power. So it just well, it's like enjoy the, the car. Just it's like the one take that, that Matt did like a few weeks that came out a few weeks ago with the 335. There was 800 horsepower on the stock automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can get one of those. You get a two, you get 100 horsepower, 100 foot pounds of torque, and then. You Mine has been five grand, and you're like, yeah, I got forty at the wheels. Yeah. And, and I think we, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are playing the game with a horsepower thing. But I, I mean, I think the group here is is aware enough that if we can get the car sorted out chassis wise, that's going to be a make a much more manageable car. It's going to make a much faster car than just throwing horsepower. Out. Yeah, more. Re- I think for me, the reward is in the balance, absolutely, and how it responds, and then how I can how I can drive it. With that kind of Absolutely. I think for, for 40 horsepower, I think getting the chassis sorted out is going to make a faster car than the 40 horsepower was. Yeah. Keep a tire budget. Exactly. That's tire budget. You know, that's bushing budget. That's drift Does that thing budget. just eat bushings or what? No, I mean, they, it's like 60,000 miles should last. Your bushing should last 60,000 miles if you don't drive it really, really hard. But if so yours are going to last 30,000 miles. Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially if you're sliding and stuff, you're putting more pressure on your end, like it's just harder on the car. And then apparently the diff is pretty good, but if you drift it for too long, it'll eventually like grenade itself and you do something. Yeah, the, 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 the E46 M3 diff was Yeah, which I learned last week, which was four weeks after I bought it, and I was like, great, great. <laughs> and then I learned like a proper race diff for it is like a $2,800 yeah. car. Because a, a proper race diff for a 240 is $1,000, and it's like Kaz legit, but, you know, but the market's smaller. Yeah. Hopefully that turns a little bit. They're getting more popular as track cars. Mm-hmm. So hopefully yeah. that oh, yeah. Yes, Zach, you're no longer driving a Crown Vic where everything's $3. <laughs> well, you, know, you don't need to put any money in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at that rate, it's uh, about time we wrap up here because we got another show starting here in a few minutes. Thank you for coming by. Really Thanks appreciate for, it. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. I appreciate and, it. Uh, always enjoyable. I'm sure we'll be doing this again next year. And uh, once again, I thank our gracious host at Magnaflow for having us here in the booth. Uh, the Forza guys for helping us get to Vegas here. Uh, go buy yourself a copy of Forza Horizon 3. As I said, do whatever you can to get it. Lie, cheat, steal. I don't care. Hand Microsoft $60. Get Forza Horizon 3. It's a great game. And uh, Fanatec for sending the wheels out. 
Thanks again, guys. And uh, that's well, one more you. episode of the Hooniverse done.